think golf was going to get people riled up today? Again, family show. It's Sunday. Can't be out here cussing. Somebody just left from getting the word. And they're trying to live their life in a good, positive way. And that's what I'm trying to help with. You cuss, you get you get money in the square job. Not happening. Somebody said, what's his at? Dude is a fool. I think it's Real Coach JB on Twitter. Um, from the 816, people who golf in the winter are like short guys who drive big trucks. No, don't get that comparison. I understand the logic. He's assuming that short guys that drive big trucks are hiding their masculinity behind a gigantic truck and they get out and it's like, oh, that's why. Um, I golf in the wintertime because I have a serious problem with the addiction and love for the sport. And every day that I get out of my car and walk into my house, to the left of the door is my golf bag and all my clubs next to the practice putting green that I have. And I have to look at that every day and be like, man, if only we can get in the 40s and we can get you guys out. Today, there's a chance. I'm really not interested in a ton of football today. Buffalo, Cincinnati, and then tonight's game, Green Bay and Detroit. And we'll talk about the slate a little bit later. It sounds like that guy's not very good at golf. Mm. Or maybe he's really good and he hates winter golf. Or he's not a fan of it. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Because winter golf is interesting. It's fun. But it's, it's I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know. From the 816, play the game at Arrowhead. Chiefs lose, then what? Play the game on the neutral site. Win game to go to Super Bowl. What's the problem? Nothing is guaranteed on any given playoff Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to the NFL and its coaches, I found it very interesting with the news that broke yesterday and there is black Monday coming up tomorrow. For those of you that are unaware of what black Monday is black Monday is the Monday after the regular season ends and all these NFL franchises that were waiting to fire their coaches do it all on a Monday and they all get canned. And there's probably like six or seven coaches that are probably going to get fired. Um, but Ian Rappaport had this to say about a few coaches, some surprising. We know about Sean Payton. The news that came out yesterday is that the Broncos have asked or requested um, permission and they have received it from the New Orleans Saints to talk to Sean Payton. Now, again... They cannot talk about contracts or anything like that. Here's Rappaport on the on yesterday's reports. Going on off the field as well in coaching news, we've known the Denver Broncos are going to swing big. How big? They have received permission to interview Sean Payton, the former Saints coach. Expect that to happen this week. And that is not all, guys. My understanding is the Saints and Broncos have begun negotiations for a deal to compensate the Saints. No doubt the Saints are going to be looking for a first-round pick and more. Denver knows this. They have not blinked. My understanding is they are on the same page as far as what it will cost. Meanwhile, for the Los Angeles Rams, former Super Bowl winning coach 
Sean McVay plans to take a little time after the season to evaluate his options, his future, and whether or not he wants to coach next year. Really not a surprise, did the same thing last year, will have similar TV opportunities, but, but does plan to step away after a difficult year and at least think about what's next. And then for the Houston Texans, Rich, my understanding, this is something I reported with colleague Tom Pelissero, is that Lovey Smith is in some serious doubt, a potential another one and done in Houston. They will evaluate his tenure after the season. So another name that I've, I've kind of heard that may get the boot is Mike McDaniels in Miami. Which is interesting to me. But it sounds like Sean McVay is out. And that's where I'll start this. There's a good chance that Sean McVay will will coach again in the NFL. I definitely believe that. But it would appear that he is Stepping down. Now, again, I find this a little disheartening because even though the Rams kind of told you what they were going to do and and showed you what they were going to do and did it, like, got rid of all their picks, signed a bunch of free agents, won a Super Bowl, and now... There's a really good chance their coach is going to walk away. Their quarterback could walk away. Not sure what Aaron Donald's going to do. I know he just signed the, the contract, but I'm sure that there are, there are ways to get out of that from his standpoint if you were to retire. Again, I don't know what he's going to do. I think he's still going to play football. But the Rams are going to go from first to worst, and I question where that franchise goes in the next five years. Their owner is suspect, to say the least. And they have no draft picks. They have no draft uh, collateral. If we can get it out. Speaking can be tough. And now you have no head football coach. The other one that's interesting is Sean Payton talking to the Broncos. I don't think Sean Payton's going to Denver. I really don't. Now, he is going to bring a defensive coordinator with him, one who was fired by Denver, which to me is enough of a red flag to realize, hey, he's not going to Denver. Denver's just going to basically like try to sell him everything and the moon for him to go there. Their franchise is tired of losing. They haven't been to the playoffs in seven years. Coincidentally, the Chiefs have won the AFC West for seven straight years. But they can't talk contracts. But as you heard in that audio, they know where each side is. Like, they know there's a number. They know the ballpark number for Sean Payton. They know what Sean Payton's going to want. I can just tell you that he's not going to go to Denver. I feel like Sean Payton is either going to go to L.A., Dallas, or Arizona. And I don't think L.A. is going to fire their coach, the Chargers. I don't think he's going to go to the Rams either. But he's going to go somewhere where he can A, win, B, 
have somewhat of a good enough quarterback to also win. Dak Prescott is good enough to do that. I think Kyler Murray with the right coach, one that he's not arguing with like he is with Cliff Kingsbury currently, plus Arizona's where all these guys go, right? It's like destination station. I would go there right now. I would live in Scottsdale the rest of my life. Phoenix, Glendale. I would live there the rest of my life. Then I could be golf and winter guy 24-7. But I find it interesting, Sean McVay, Sean Payton, because their stories are going to be quite similar but reversed in like three years. Sean Payton might still be in the NFL, but Sean McVay will then be that next, well, I'm ready to get back into coaching again. I'm only 39. But I want to go somewhere where I've got a proven quarterback and a proven team. Plus, he's going to be in TV, so he's going to make a ton of money. Uh, someone I think could make a lot of money in TV, Big T and Shawnee. Wrap up this segment, Big T. It's all yours. Hey, yeah. Uh, thanks for taking my call, Dirty Werewolf and yep. Grant. You guys rock. So, uh, first of all, I'd like to give take my hat off and give a big shout-out to Chiefs Kingdom, all the fans, and then our wonderful organization for getting 14-3 uh, and three in a semi-rebuild. Are you kidding me? 14-3, and three, everybody. So calm down. We got this. Patrick Mahomes playing lights out. Big Red's got us on the, on the right path. He's a, he's a Hall of Fame coach. Our defense is kicking ass and taking names. That's right, everybody out there listening. And then, and then yeah, I was driving and making an a errand, and I heard this idiot on the radio just a little bit ago uh, doing his podcast about Patrick Mahomes. What a big jagoff that guy is. What an inept, creepy little loser that guy is. I mean, what the? how do you keep your job, you wuss? You suck. And, and, and if I saw you out anywhere and I heard you say that, I'd punch you in your GD mouth. and would be nothing you could do about it. And then lastly, I got some advice for you, uh, Dirty Werewolf. Most of these texters, most of them are pretty good, but most of them are nothing but a bunch of uh, keyboard cowboys, a bunch of ballless wonders. If they had a, any balls on them at all, they'd call you up and give you a take over the phone. Be a man. Don't sit over on the text phone and push your buttons in your mommy and daddy's basement on the titty. Get off the tit, call up 610, and have your take. And if you got something to say negative about 610 or, or the dustman or anybody else, let them know and let them rebate it. Don't just sit there and send texts like a bunch of wussies. And as always, let's go cheese. At least three quarters. Big T owes the swear jar at least 75 cents. He was going for it, though. You got to respect it. Yeah, I mean, once you're there, you either admit defeat or you just accept defeat. In for a penny, in for a pound. I appreciate it. Big T's the man. I like people that have my back. See, look, somebody says Big T owes $1.50 to the swear jar. <laughs> we got half of a happy hour drink on Big T in one phone call. He said he was going to punch that man in the mouth. Could you imagine that? Big T knocks you out and then hits you with a choo-choo right over your, your lifeless body. Bang, knockout. Choo-choo, choo-choo. The Mess whole bar it. would be against you immediately. For doing the choo-choo or knocking the dude out? No, for knock for getting knocked out and then he choo-choos over you? Oh, they're man. all on Big T's side. Big time. Big time. Oh, man.
$1.50. I mean, that's being nice. We had like some T words. Man, that's tough. Good for PT, though. Stand by your side. That would be an hilarious radio segment if people that just did not like me called in and said why they didn't like me. I would actually advocate for that. Like, we could get a full 15 minutes out of that for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do it. Take calls. Just, I mean, I don't know if I want to get roasted on a Sunday. It could be humbling, though, I guess. Um, but, uh, boy, wouldn't that be something. Coming up next, we come back. I want to talk about this defense and why Brett Veach did it every single year he's been the GM. Uh, GMBV, man, trust in it. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Off to a hot start. I feel like people might have missed this show on Sunday. We've been off. We had a good little month stretch where, uh, you know, fortunately the Chiefs played at noon and and you got to hear pregame starting at nine o'clock on this on this station, and and now you you have to wait for the Chiefs to play playoff football again. Man, I still can't get over the fact that if somebody knocked you out in a bar and then chewed chewed over your 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 lifeless corpse, what the reaction that would be? That guy getting a high five on his way out. They got to get a nice five-knuckle shuffle from somebody in the side. I want to say this tweet real quick. This is from Peter Sweeney. You know, PG Sweeney on Twitter. My good friend. Also a guy who uh, does Arrowhead Pride Radio on Wednesdays with me. He said the Chiefs had 55 sacks in 2022. They were second for a single season in franchise history. Only behind the 1990 club when that team had 60 sacks. Chris Jones led the way by tying his career high of 15 and a half sacks. All right. Now we just need Chris Jones to set his career high in playoff sacks, which will be one. That's right. One. Sackless in the playoffs. That's not shade. That's just, I'm excited to see it. I want to see playoff sack Chris Jones. Yet to see it in my lifetime. But he's definitely the anchor of this defense. See, this is, I wasn't trying to do reverse psychology. I wasn't trying to get, like, fans of the show to tell me how much they love me. I was trying to take Big T's advice and bait people that are like, I don't like this guy. And I'm going to say this on the air. Unfortunately, you're not going to get that with this caller. Because the Batman does not hate the Dustman. It is a mutual love between the two. Go ahead, Batman. Take over. The Batman is infatuated with, with the, the werewolf. has always been like one of my heroes. It's like uh, the, the Gotham in Gotham. We only listen to 610. Uh, it's the only show on. All I can tell you is I'd let Big T call, get the call out, which is too cool. 
Uh, normally, I you know wait until our show. Uh, I didn't, the bad signal, it's hard to see it in the daylight, but you can still see. And all I'm going to tell you is, uh, number one C, that is that was what we were wanting, Werewolf. And you know, that, that was that's huge. Uh, that's probably uh, exactly what the doctor ordered. We had a pretty rough week here with everything that happened. And uh, the, the red machine is, Andy's machine is still going forward. You know, we have uh, a lot of, a number of things that we have to talk about. Now, Drew Brees' record went down. You got to be kidding me. And, and, you know, Patrick Gordon's supposed to be able to do anything. He just broke the record, you know, uh, without Tyreek. So, I mean, that's uh, totally exceptional. Uh, Chris. <laughs> Uncle Chris is just Chris what what can what can you say about it? But what about George Karloff? Now, now give me a break. If that if that's a, a rookie of the year, I mean that's a development of a monster there. Uh, George is having a great year, and I'm ready for the uh, playoffs. Aren't you, Werewolf? Are you ready to go ahead and do this thing? Oh, big time! Well, you know we're going to have to have another show. We're gonna, we should have. We should have. If we have to do a show live at the parade, we should do it. But we're going to get all these guys together with you, Dan, Big T, all my homies, uh, you and Nick. The price is right. All the, the, we're going to get the bank to drink the gravy. We're going to do this whole thing because we did it three years ago, brother. You know, and we did the last time that we started the show, and we're going to finish it up right. And the Batman will reveal himself to everyone because I'll, the werewolf will make me do it. <laughs> Other than that, I'm checking out, and I'll call you tomorrow, bro, if, if we're on, if the national feed doesn't jack us up. That, and go Jayhawks. What can I say? Defending national champions coming at you. Rock shot, I love baby. you, Werewolf. Bye. Batman, always good to hear from you. Glad everything's going well. Uh, we will be on tomorrow night. We will be on tomorrow night. Um... Eight to nine. You have a full slate tomorrow. Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs Kingdom show, six to seven with Mitch Holtis. Uh, Nate Taylor with Nate Taylor and, and Carrington Harrison. Seven to eight. Eight to nine, red reaction. Excellent. I'm more of a Marvel Universe guy myself, but hey, here, here. All right. I mean, you said he was going to reveal himself. At the parade. Do you think, well, never mind. I'm not going to say anything. Sunday show? Yep. Yeah. Yep. There is uh, <laughs> an invisible dollar fifty that has been deposited to our uh, swear jar by one big T. I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm going to try to put as, as less amount of money in that thing as I possibly can. Callers, you know, if you want to if you want to meet up. I'm impressed you're an hour and a half in. Nothing so far. Not happening, man. I let Jed Marshall on Friday night get all his out because I said, hey, man, you're a part of this. Anybody that joins this show at any point, you're a part of it. And if you cuss, I mean – you're going to get a whole bunch of darns, butts, snots, rips out of me. Did Jed just go wild? You just take like 30, 40 yeah, seconds? Yeah, he said to like four or five like, words. Like, so what you're telling me is I can't say blank, 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 blank. And I was like, yep, that would all be 
He's like, so I can just get them all out right now if I say blank, 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 blank. And I was like, all right, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Do your thing, man. I'm not, I'm not mad at you. Uh, Tyler Huntley has been ruled inactive today, and Anthony Brown will start for the Ravens, as if anybody, uh, yeah. And they might host a playoff game. Yeah, because they might call heads, and it will be heads. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the Batman, now we take the Harvey Dent way, or Two-Face. Does he ever go by Harvey Dent anymore once he's been burned? Is it uh, just Two-Face? I don't know. I, I would not think so. Talk about full circle. They like called him that at, at his, like, what? The FBI headquarters, wherever he was, and He's then he became district Harvey attorney. Dent. Yeah. yeah. Well, they wait before he was a district attorney because he always like alludes to it to Commissioner Gordon. They had a nickname down there. What they call me? Ah, it's not important. What a great movie! Great movie, Dark Knight. Um, I promise we'll talk about Brett Veach. Um. And uh, we're going to talk about why he's the perfect fit for this team that where when you think about the the core values, Mahomes, Andy Reid, Brett Veach, when those guys are all on the same page and they all understand each other, I mean, you think these five years with Mahomes have been great. We talk about Brett Veach on the other side of this commercial break and why he just seems to get it right after seeing what went wrong the previous year. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Did not see this one coming. Did not see this one coming. Did get some clarity though on Two Face. The brain can't go back to sanity after it's broke. Once your face is burned, you're Two Face. Um. So here is, uh, here's your Week 18 starting quarterbacks uh, that maybe you didn't see. Um. Anthony Brown for Baltimore, who's going to be throwing to not Mark Andrews, also ruled inactive. Nathan Peterman is starting for Chicago. Sam Howell is starting for Washington. Skylar Thompson, Ema, is starting for Miami. Davis Webb starting for the Giants. And Sam Ellinger is starting for the Indianapolis Colts. Hashtag Week 18. 46 degrees, I'll find a golf course. Uh, Damar Hamlin did tweet 20 minutes ago. Game day, nothing I want more than to be running out there the tunnel with my brothers. God using me in a different way today. Tell someone you love them today. Let's go Buffalo Bills. Bills ain't losing that game, man. I mean, you can, you can bet the life on that right there. Let's just hope they find Stefan Diggs. Yes, please. Yep. For those wondering, of course, um, degenerate gambler here, four-leg parlay, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase, all anytime scores. You know what I mean? Plus 1,467 odds. Not great. Not worried about it. 
Text line. Really boosting my confidence. That's what I'm here for. You, you did bring this on yourself a little bit when you're like, we should invite people on to roast me. I didn't this say that. Didn't, I said I, uh, I, I said I don't want to be roasted, but I wouldn't be opposed to having people be fair. like, hey, you know, is this a roast? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he meant it from a good place, but it feels like a backhanded comment. Love the love the engagement, but how about this? Dusty, you always do a great job. You are the Ryan Fitzpatrick of 610 Sports. Liked by everyone, career backup, mostly good enough to be the starter. When you get in the game, you always perform. Always enjoy your Royals talk as well. Hope to get to the 16 event on Friday. Ryan Fitzpatrick, bro. Do Fitzpatrick I go to th- went to Harvard. I did not. <laughs> you know, I, I went to the University of Central Missouri. That's not a shot. It's just not Harvard. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I should just do my show at the 610 event at Cinderblock Brewing on Friday from 6 to 9 in the same outfit that Ryan Fitzpatrick wore to that press conference. Shades, open chest hair, lots of sex. Might be pushing the boundary when it comes to a Sunday show. Family show. Family show. 913-586-7610 is the text line. Um, but I want to talk about Brett Veach for a second. I think yesterday's game merits a conversation to be had about Brett Veach because one thing that was the big question this year, and we can either start from this year and go to 2019, or we can start there. We It's up to you. But year after year, Brett Veach does exactly what he knows he needs to do. We'll start from the latest, and we'll move to the most relevant. When the Chiefs lost to the New England Patriots in the playoffs, and Tom Brady didn't allow Patrick Mahomes to touch the football in the fourth quarter, or in overtime, and D4 was offsides. That team got rid of its defensive coordinator. And that man, Brett Veach, went out and signed a defensive captain, Tyron Matthew. The next year, they would win that Super Bowl. You can say that getting Steve Spagnola here helped, or you could say that getting Tyron Matthew was a big big addition. But either way, from an atrocious defense that cost you several games in that first year as a starter for Patrick Mahomes in that first MVP season, the Rams game, for instance. Brett Veach saw that entire year, realized that in the AFC Championship game, man, I don't know how many of these we're going to get to, but if I want to get to, I don't know, five in a row, I'm going to have to do some magic. Signed a free safety in the offseason, turned him into the team captain, and here we are. Next year, Chiefs go to the Super Bowl again. What happens? Offensive line, catastrophe. Not good. Mahomes runs for like 295 yards between the sidelines, not with the sidelines. What's Brett Veach do? Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith in the draft, signs Joe Tooney. Builds a brick of an offensive line. 
Sounds good. Chiefs go to the AFC Championship game again. Lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. Everyone's takeaway. Man, if we just could have had a defensive stop, if we could have just had somebody on the outside to play with Jamar Chase, a little bit more of a, you know, chance at stopping him than than, than not, because Jamar Chase is just a man, one of the best receivers in the game, but he shouldn't roast you for 200-plus, right? And in this year's draft, Brett Veach drafts George Karloftis, Trent McDuffie, Leo Chennault, Brian Cook. And you think to yourself, last year you couldn't sack Joe Burrow in the NFC Championship game. Got a defensive end. Couldn't stop receivers on the outside. Got a shutdown corner. I think it's safe to call McDuffie that. Because this team needed not a top five defense. I think that's a little, I think that's me being a little spoiled to ask for. I'm not saying the Chiefs need a top five defense. Be top 10, top 12. And the the way that your offense is and the way that Patrick Mahomes is and the way Andy Reid can be, a top 10 defense, again, it could be 11, 10, 9. It doesn't need to be 1, 2, 3, or 4. That'd be insane. But if it's just 10, 9, 11, 12 ranked defense, I am afraid of what the NFL would turn into. At that point, it would be the Chiefs would probably be getting to the point of being hated as much as Tom Brady and the Patriots were for that long run. And what's crazy about Brett Veach is you think about, well, the linebacking core, which is Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, Leo Chanel, Mike Dana, who gets used more as like an edge rusher, but either way, not going anywhere right now. All kind of together. Juan Thornhill, free agent. Brian Cook, he's there. Traded out Tyron Matthew, got Justin Reed. Seems to be doing just fine. Karloftis, six sacks in his last seven games. I think he has eight or eight and a half on the year. He's not going to win MVP or defensive rookie of the year, Neil and Lone Jack, because Aiden Hutchinson is going to win that award. Or Sauce Gardner is. Probably Sauce Gardner. But Aiden Hutchinson does have like two pick sixes as a DN, along with like nine and a half sacks. So, I mean. But the thing that's great about this is that in this perfect circle of a franchise, because I think you can gloat about it today, right? You won 14 games this season. You were picked to finish about third in your division. No one saw the Chiefs doing this, so this type of show calls for that. It calls for the, hey, told you so. Hey, I'm going to be a homer today because I was predicting this team was going to be just fine. And you think about the knowledge that goes into Andy Reid and the, the greatness that he has as a head coach. You follow that up with having his quarterback, who he said yesterday on national television in a sit-down interview on ESPN that, that he thinks Patrick Mahomes' greatest feat 
is that he's smart. And then you had a guy like Brett Veach, who's also hungry. You have three starving football minds that are not ever satisfied, ever. And they eat. They're not eating top sirloin. They're eating bone-in ribeye. They're eating the porterhouse every year, but it's not enough. That's a good problem to have with these three guys. Patrick Mahomes is going to win his second MVP. He's got a good chance to play. There's your guy on TV. He's got a good chance to play. Skylar Thompson's who I'm talking about. For his fifth consecutive AFC championship game, he's got a chance to go to his third Super Bowl in five years. And Andy Reid has a chance to win another Super Bowl. Andy Reid wants three to five more Super Bowls. That's hunger that you can't cure. Brett Veach, same thing. Juan Thornhill's out? Okay. Well, we drafted Brian Cook in the second round out of Cincinnati. And we plan on him to be the next free safety with Justin Reed out there in the backfield. Legereus Need, probably going to want a contract soon. Not sure what that's going to entail. Trent McDuffie, welcome to the team. So it's interesting. The man knows how to draft. The man knows what they need in the draft. And the other thing that's very impressive that Brett Veach is doing is his average draft position is like 30th. So he's getting guys that are essentially like all going to be second-round guys or barely first-round guys and turning them into success. 10 draft picks, 12 draft picks, 7 impact players. And the one that's bittersweet Isaiah Pacheco, because the reason why it's bittersweet is because they might have missed the boat on Clyde Edwards-Alaire picking at 32 and taking him from that great LSU offense that had Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, Randy Moss's son at tight end. So that's kind of a swing and a miss, right? But getting Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round out of Rutgers because you knew what Pacheco's story was and what he was going to possibly be if in the right system. Isaiah Pacheco, not from a lot of money. Isaiah Pacheco was good enough to leave the the college world and get into the NFL draft. Brett Veach knew that if he came out this year, he'd probably be a third-round pick, maybe a late second-round pick. Develop him, figure what's out, now you have your future running back. And he dang near had 1,000 yards this year. And Brett Veach found him in the seventh round. And now, why it's bittersweet, is he's probably going to be your feature back moving forward over Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who probably won't even be on this team much longer. Personal opinion. Coming up on the other side, there is something that Brett Veach does need to address. I'm kind of concerned about it, but the lack of depth in his free agency market is the reason why it makes me the most concerned. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. No lies. No lies given there. Uh, UCM, not a hard college, but still tough to graduate in four years. Indeed, I did not. It took me five. It just, you know, 
Sometimes it'd be like that. Plus, you get the extra year of college. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was... I mean, the last year I commuted. Last two years I commuted. That would have been less awesome. It was fine. Because, like, at the time, Warrensburg hadn't really had, like, its little glow-up that it has now. Like, now they've, like, renovated around the football stadium. So there's new dorms down there. There's, like, a Chipotle now, which is a big deal. Um... So, who knows, man? Somebody said, where was Justin Jefferson last week when I needed him in my championship game? Yeah. Shout out to Warrensburg and the parties that live eternally in my brain from 2003 to 2007. Man, you were down there at the good one there. Um... Hey, Dusty, why doesn't anyone talk about how the Chiefs are the most winningest team in the NFL in the last decade under Andy Reid and Brett Veach? Uh, you know, I think they do. And then back to the comparison of, of uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. The 816 asked Grant, do I go by Dust Magic or Dust Patrick? I like Dust Magic. Yeah. It's way more interesting. I feel like too much of that might put you on the deep end, though. Too much Dust too Magic. Too much Dust Magic. Yeah. <laughs> you might never come back. Dust Patrick feels like a weird Patrick Mahomes crossover. Yeah. Jason Ketz, friend of the show. Go Mules. Ketz. Not only is he like a professional texter, but precise. Go Mules. Exclamation mark. Dash, Ketz. Do your thing in Warrensburg. Love someone who signs their text, too. Yeah. Somebody says, if I'm Brett Beach, I'm looking to sign another running back in the third or fourth round. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of good. I kind of want to see they draft a receiver in the first round. And haven't they signed a million running backs? Yeah. You can get running backs anywhere. Ronald Jones just scored a touchdown. That's crazy. Ronald Jones just scored a touchdown. Some guy bet $1,000 for him to be an anytime touchdown scorer yesterday, and it won him twelve grand. That was a very happy person right there. Very happy person. Um, but real quick, before we have to go to break, because we're already, it's already 11. My goodness. Are you having fun today at all? Or is this kind of just like a mess Sunday? Get me through it. I'm having a good time. Okay, you didn't say fun. <laughs> You averted quickly. I have to say the exact word that you said? Eh, I don't know. Not really. I'm having a good time. But real quick on Juju Smith-Schuster, I am worried because we're going to find out really quick how much loyalty is inside of Juju's brain. I think there's a lot of it. I've heard Binkley talk about it. I've talked about it. And... The thing is with Juju Smith-Schuster is there's still a lot to be determined with this season. Uh, I think he finished the season with 933 yards, three touchdowns. So nothing really explodes off the stat sheet, but he is a solid receiver. He's a solid option. He also missed like two games, basically. He got hit insanely rudely by a player of the Jacksonville Jaguars, caused him to miss the whole game and the next game after. And he really wasn't right the third game he came back. So close to 1,000 yards, which is still more impressive 
for Patrick Mahomes, who didn't have a thousand yard receiver, he had a thousand yard receiving tight end. That stat, courtesy of Jay Bingley. If I don't give him credit for that, he's gonna kill me. Um, and Juju Smith Schuster is a free agent. The thing here with Juju Smith Schuster is he's the best receiver in the receiving market this year. All the good ones got paid last year. You know, the class that they took McCole Hardman in. Um, not a shot either. That's not a shot at McCole Hardman. He's just not DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, Jamar Chan. Uh, um, which I know that he wasn't in those classes. But this year, like Darius Slayton, McCole Hardman, another free agent receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster, Alan Lazard, those are like the names of free agent receivers in this year's class. Juju is well at the top. And we're going to find out what his market is. Is he going to get Christian Kirk money? Is he going to get more than that? Is he going to get less than that? The other thing that's very important about Juju Smith-Schuster to think about is if the Chiefs win a Super Bowl, then what? You know what I mean? Because then is he just won a championship, go get the bag? Because the other thing is, Juju's 26. Like, Juju's the oldest 26-year-old I've ever seen. And I don't know where he's at when it comes to, like, wanting to get finances. But I also don't know where he's at when he wants to get rings. And I also know that he tends to like it here. But he's never once said, I'd love to stay here. Smart athletes don't say things like that. Because then they can just be pinned against that the rest. You you said you wanted to stay here. No. I said I like it here. I could see myself sticking around. Again, Juju Smith-Schuster is a free agent at the end of this season. We come back. We talk about that game that was last night. Andy Reid with a little bit of a troll job. And Patrick Mahomes. We'll talk about him again a little bit later. Coming up next, the Raiders. Well, the Raiders got trolled by Andy Reid. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.